Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. There is a practice in uh, universities and in high schools of uh, uh, many places of uh, teaching comparative religion. And uh, what they do is that they begin to examine uh, uh, highlights or facets of many uh, kinds of the world's religions and more or less try to uh, draw a parallel that uh, it doesn't really matter what religion that you're in is uh, they all have some kind of good and they all have some kind of ethics and uh, that is called comparative religion and the essence is one's about as good as another. The gospel of Jesus Christ is unique In the uh, book of John, chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and the French translation of that is his unique son. That means there's not another like him. Neither is there any religion that is like Christianity. It is incomparable. You can talk about comparative religion all you want to. You're missing the whole essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what the revelation of the living God really is. In Psalms 89, verse 6, one simple uh, verse of scripture as I preach said, For who in the heavens can be compared to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened to the Lord? I want to preach to you about an incomparable uh, faith. First of all, I want to very simply uh, focus, we touched some of this in the uh, adult Bible class, and that's the gift of salvation. Salvation is a gift. It's not something you earn. It's not something that you uh, uh, deserve. And all of the world's religions can be put under two headings, either do or done. Christianity is something that has been done, and it comes under that heading And it is unique in that aspect. In other words, if you are a a member of whatever religion doesn't matter besides Christianity, the emphasis will be on do this and find favor or you find access or you find some kind of benefit. But Christianity is totally different. Christianity is a history of something that God has done for human beings and given them the gift of salvation. In the book of Acts chapter 16 and verse 31 is a Philippian jailer. He has heard the testimony of the apostle Paul. He's heard them singing. He's seen the tremendous dimension as God has brought an earthquake. All the doors are open. No one is gone. Everyone is remaining in place. And he said, what must I do to be saved? And in verse 31 of 16, Acts said, so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your household. 
Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. Christianity and the gift of God's salvation is indescribable. In the Bible, it says these words in 2 Corinthians 9, 15. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Now think about that for a moment because the idea that is conveyed there is that there are no words that are available to the, uh, to the, uh, 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 to the vocabulary of the human uh, being that can describe the gift of God's salvation. It is a gift. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. How many of you are saved this morning? How many of you uh, are glad that God has reached down and this is a gift that's been given to you? It's not something you found somewhere in a trash barrel. It's not something that you earned. It's not something that you deserve. It is a gift uh, and this is clearly spoken. And the idea here, this is beyond comprehension. Listen to the Apostle Paul. He's caught up into another dimension he records for us. This is a spiritual dimension. One translation says the third heaven. In 2 Corinthians 12 verse 4, how he was caught up into paradise and he heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for man to utter. So this is conveyed to us and it's conveyed to us. It is the unspeakable gift. Words cannot describe the wonderful gift of God's salvation and forgiveness of sins. The apostle John has been exiled to the Isle of Patmos off the coast of present day Turkey. He is exiled for the preaching of the gospel. He is a slave working in the salt mines and he has a tremendous visitation of God and the book of Revelation describes all the the things that God revealed to him. And he says these words in Revelation 10 and verse 4. Now, when the seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered and do not write them. Or in other words, uh, there's something beyond a human dimension uh, that is involved uh, in the revelation of Jesus Christ uh, and his wonderful salvation. Uh, and this is beyond uh, the rationale of human beings. Think about this now. Here's humanity who has uh, sinned against God, who's turned against God, who blasphemed God, who is involved in various kinds of sin and uh, iniquity and ungodliness. And God, uh, ignoring that, uh, reaches down and by his love and by his grace, touches humanity, uh, lifts him from that life of sin, forgives him of his sin, uh, makes him uh, a creature with dignity uh, and possibility uh, and grace. Uh, This is beyond the normal rationale. Listen to the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. In him, that's Jesus Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Listen to Romans six twenty-three: For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now there are people here, some of you I know, Some of you, I uh, uh, know the history of your life. 
And uh, it's uh, beyond description, the wonderful gift of God's salvation uh, that is given to you. And the Apostle Paul says, once I was a blasphemer. He records that uh, in, the, in the New Testament. I was once a blasphemer, uh, but God had mercy, uh, and his wonderful gift of salvation was poured out. Uh, and it's he who writes in Ephesians 2 uh, uh, these wonderful words, uh, uh, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, uh, it is a gift of God. Sitting here today are people uh, that fit into that category. I remember uh, this, uh, uh, this morning, uh, some years ago, when I was preaching pre-conference, I think, uh, and I saw a young man respond whose name was Dan Villani. And you know this man's history. And you know he does not deserve to be saved. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? You know his history. He's a, he's a part since he's a child of this congregation. But here he sits, uh, saved, and in his right mind, can you say amen, uh, 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 clean by the hand of God, sitting there uh, smiling, looking before me, with a tie on, looking uh, like he's uh, part of an executive of some estate somewhere. Can you say amen? And he's sitting here by the power of God, by the grace of God, saved. I'm looking back uh, uh, at Carlo Rocabuto when I came. Uh, Carlo didn't look too good uh, <laughs> back in January. But thank God, uh, God reached down his hand. Uh, and by the wonderful gift of salvation, through nothing that he did, through nothing that he, uh, that he deserved, the unspeakable blessing of God, the unspeakable uh, gift of God's salvation. Thanks be unto God, the, Paul, the apostle said, for his unspeakable gift. You can't compare that to any religion on earth. Can you say amen? That's the second thing that I want to point out to you, and that is the faith that is beyond uh, valuation. Now, what we do in life as uh, normal human beings is we pursue uh, valuation uh, by the temporal goods uh, that, are, uh, that are upon this life. Uh, many people are measured by what they own, by how much money they have. Uh, and uh, much of the church has become oriented to that in what's known the prosperity gospel. It's nothing more than a, uh, uh, some kind of a formula, a get rich, uh, uh, get rich uh, quick scheme. And God is valued by most of these people on the things that he can give you. But I want to tell you that you have a wrong concept of God. We worship God not for the things he can give us, but who he is. Can you say amen? Many people worshiping because of what he can do. And that is even a diversion. But here in the scripture uh, is a highlight uh, that uh, begins to speak uh, about the incomparable value that God has given to us. It is beyond valuation. And uh, Jesus uh, emphasized and made that distinction. There are many people in Jesus' day. They believed that if you had material prosperity, it was God's blessing automatically. It was a, it was a sign of God's blessing. This is why in Luke 16, he told the story of the rich man in hell and Lazarus, the poor man. One uh, makes it into paradise. One is burning in hell. And he does that deliberately because the Jews of his day viewed uh, the valuation of the things of this world as a symbol that God's blessings upon them. You ever see the bumper sticker? And this bumper sticker says, uh, he who has the most toys wins. Now, sadly, that's a mentality 
of much of our generation. And I want to point out to you a statement uh, from the Word of God uh, because Christianity is beyond any kind of valuation uh, that you and I can give it. In the Scripture, it talks about the unsearchable riches uh, of Jesus Christ. That is spoken in the book of Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8. To him who am less than the least of, uh, to me rather, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles uh, the unsearchable uh, riches uh, of Jesus Christ. So let's think about that for a moment because that is a specific phraseology That is trying to convey to us something uh, that is beyond uh, human uh, evaluation. Or in other words, uh, it is conveying to us uh, a thought that this is beyond measure. And literally that word means it cannot be tracked out or it cannot uh, be measured. Uh, I've been to uh, to London. In London, England, there is the Tower of London. In uh, closed uh, in the Tower of London are the crown jewels. Uh, and there's one jewel that is there called the Star of India. And this is absolutely priceless. There is no price that can be put upon that. No human value. And that's only one of many, many, many jewels uh, that are enclosed there as the jewels of the king, kingdom uh, that uh, reigned in England and as it, it is reserved there. They're priceless. There's no price uh, that could be put on it. But I want to tell you that the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, as the apostle uses these words, uh, the unsearchable riches uh, of Jesus Christ, he's talking about a spiritual dimension. Years ago, I was in uh, uh, Cairo, Egypt, and they had the the, uh, Cairo Museum there. And in the Cairo Museum is uh, King Tut's uh, sarcophagus. This is a gold, solid gold sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. And the Egyptians uh, in King Tut's time were so wealthy uh, that this entire coffin, you could call it, uh, uh, they, they take the museums around the world as solid gold. It's not gold, but solid gold. Uh, and they were so wealthy uh, that even the furniture that they had was made out of solid gold. Uh, and I want to tell you that uh, that's pretty impressive. Can you say amen? But what we're talking about tonight uh, is something that's far more more priceless uh, and of vast more value, and it even can't be described. It's unsearchable. It is beyond measure. Years ago, I was in uh, uh, Wiesbaden, Germany, and in Wiesbaden, Germany is the Gutenberg Museum. Inside uh, this uh, museum is an original copy uh, of the Gutenberg uh, Bible. Now, you and I are blessed because of the creativity of man, and uh, Johann Gutenberg, I believe was his name, was the first man that invented a printing press whereby uh, Bibles could be, uh, so to speak, mass-produced. We pick up our Bible, we've got six or eight Bibles laying around, we don't value that, but this was one of the original copies of when it began to be put in the hands of the common people, uh, and inside 
inside that museum, the museum walls where the Bible is are probably three inches thick steel, and the Bible is enclosed underneath glass, solid glass, that's an inch thick. There's security cameras everywhere. There's light. It's constantly guarded because that Bible is priceless. There is no price that can be put upon it. But what I'm talking about this morning is beyond value. Uh, Australia just lost one of its wealthiest men, uh, Richard Pratt, and uh, I believe uh, uh, I believe they said he's a billionaire. They didn't say how many billions, uh, uh, but can you imagine? You know, if you had a million dollars, you could live comfortably the rest of your life. You made another another dollar. How how much is a billion dollars? If you had a million, so here's a thousand million is a billion. And he has more than one billion. Can you say amen? But what we're dealing with this morning, I can't even imagine. I can't grasp that. You know, you feel in your pocket. You know, it's, uh, I've been rich. I've been poor. Rich is better. You know, well, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, we're talking about something that you can't measure. How many of you, how many of you know we feel pretty, we feel pretty spiffy and we got some money in our pocket. You know, we got, hey, you got money, man. I mean, admit it. You feel much more comfortable when you have money than when you don't. But how much is a billion dollars? It's, it's beyond our grasp. We can't, even, we can't even fathom how much that is. And yet we're dealing with something this morning, which is the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ cannot be tracked out. And the language of heaven puts valuation and says this is beyond value. Ephesians 1.18, the eyes of your understanding being opened, we sang that in Sunday school, being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Colossians 1.27, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentile, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So now we're talking about true riches. We're not talking about something that you have in a bank. And in the book of Luke chapter, uh, 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 chapter 16 and verse 11, uh, the gospel, Jesus speaks these words and says, Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust uh, the true riches? So we're dealing now with true riches. True riches uh, are found uh, in the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ from those who have professed faith and made Jesus Christ their Savior. Not in bank accounts. Not in properties and deeds, it's not in stocks and bonds. Uh, and the language of heaven clearly intends to convey to you and I that there's nothing to compare these riches with. Uh, it is a spiritual dimension, uh, and only faith can lay hold of that uh, this morning. The Bible tells us the story of Moses in the book of Hebrews, along with others. It says, Here is Moses. Uh, you know the story. Uh, Pharaoh's daughter picked him out of the Nile. She raised him as her own son. He, uh, I, I believe it's Ramses III that he was uh, destined to, uh, to succeed the throne to. But Hebrews says uh, he did not want that because he had faith and he saw something else. Verse 26, uh, esteeming the reproach of Christ uh, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt uh, for he looked uh, to uh, the reward. 
the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you that Christianity cannot be compared with any other religion. Think with me for a moment about unlimited power. I want to, these are all superlatives, I believe, if, uh, if uh, my investigation is correct. Now, here's the battleground of our faith. And that battleground of our faith uh, has to do with the practicalities of living life on this planet uh, as a believer in Jesus Christ, regardless of what happens in life. We have, uh, we have the disciples. They're on the Sea of Galilee with the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a storm that blows up, and these were uh, common on the Sea of Galilee. It has a strange setting where it is, and they just happened suddenly, and the storm blew up. They're out on, uh, they're out on, the, on, the, on, the, uh, on the Sea of Galilee in their boat, uh, and the Bible says this raging storm suddenly arises. They're caught in the middle of that, uh, and the waves begin to churn, and the boat begins to be uh, filled with water. It's in danger of being swallowed. Jesus is asleep on the bow of the boat and the disciples wake him up and say to them, Master, don't you care that we're perishing? We're dying and you're asleep. And Jesus said these words, lock it into your heart. Where is your faith? Now, this may seem to you to be a contradiction. But you see, he was making a point there. He was not saying, don't you have any faith? Because every person has faith. The Bible said uh, it's dealt to every man, every person, a measure of faith. They have a quantity of faith. That was not what he, uh, what he uh, admonished them about. What he admonished them about uh, is, uh, uh, what aren't you using your faith? Uh, and uh, you're not using that. Uh, and he admonished them. Uh, and he asked them this question, where's your faith? They felt that they're going to wake him. He's going to solve the problem, which he did. But he made a note there about power. Now, there's an availability of power for every believer. I want to talk to you about the unlimited power that is mentioned in the Word of God. And this unlimited power is in the phraseology exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we even ask or think. I want you to consider that for a moment. Verses 19 and 20 of Ephesians 3. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we even ask or think. Now according to the power that works in us. In other words, what he's saying is take the limits off. When Jesus stilled the waters on the sea, uh, we're not reading a fairy tale. We're reading an actual event uh, of Jesus Christ who showed the example that you and I can intervene uh, by the words that we speak uh, in the affairs of life uh, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we even ask or think according to the power that works in us. Uh, and so here it comes to the bottom line uh, where is your faith. Take the limits off, Jesus is saying. Listen to the uh, statement in 1 Corinthians. See, most people uh, who claim to be Christian, they uh, compartmentalize uh, Christianity as ethics. In other words, it's, it's nice to be a Christian because uh, you, uh, uh, you look a lot better, you talk a lot better, and it's ethics. That's not Christianity at all. In 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 20, the Apostle Paul says, The kingdom of God is not in word, but is in power, spiritual power. And this is what Ephesians is talking about. And this power in us 
through us and in our behalf is something that's available to every person that would believe God. We're talking about supernatural power. We're talking about power beyond ourselves. John Martin gives a testimony and uh, that uh, uh, now people are beginning to believe that they can be disciples. uh, And uh, I want to tell you, uh, you can be a disciple. Can you say amen? You can believe God this morning. And if you believe God, then this means that immediately there's promises given to you to begin to intervene in the affairs of life. A dear lady that's here uh, came up and, and told me of a grandchild that her daughter's rushed to the hospital this morning. Uh, and uh, I, I did something I don't always do. I like to pray, pray for people who are present. But I pulled a, a clean Kleenex out of my pocket, put it in her hand, led her and her husband in a prayer, taking dominion uh, over that disease and infirmity. And you say, uh, who are you talking about? I'm, I'm going to tell you, God, here's an answered prayer. I have, I have uh, numbers of cases where people have done exactly that. Don't swamp me this morning. Come up, you want to pray for Aunt Tilly, who's uh, dying in, uh, in somewhere. Uh, I, I'm talking about something that can be done, uh, and in desperation, God will do. I was in Melbourne, Australia some years ago, preaching a miracle crusade for my son, who was pastoring in Footscray. And this uh, young, uh, uh, young woman came to me, and uh, she's uh, I, I'm praying. People were getting healed. She said, Pastor, uh, my brother is dying of cancer. Uh, will you pray for him? I took a Kleenex out, put it in her hand. I said, I want you to believe God with me uh, and pray this prayer. I want you to then take this and put it on his body. Uh, and this, uh, uh, the testimony came that this boy was instantly healed by the power of God. There's nothing impossible with God. So you're sitting there, uh, you know, this guy landed from outer space. No, that's Christianity. Christianity uh, says this promises ours uh, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above uh, all that we even ask or think according to the power that works in us uh, and sitting in this building are people uh, who are a living testimony to the power of God that's been released uh, and to people who have had prayers answered uh, because it taps into a religious dimension. I was preaching in our, uh, in our church uh, in Prescott, Arizona some uh, years ago, maybe three years ago, and uh, uh, probably two years ago. And this man, who is a commercial contractor, came to me and he said, Pastor, he said, I want you to pray with me. He said, uh, I'm, uh, I put out bids in, 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 uh, in numbers. I'm getting no bids returned. Uh, and he says, uh, I want you to agree with me that God's going to help me. Uh, and uh, so I, I said to him, I don't keep a record. But I said, uh, are you a tither? He said, yes. I said, I want to tell you something. That just tithing doesn't automatically bring a financial blessing on you. It has to be claimed just like faith does. And so I took him by the hand. I led him in a prayer break the curse of poverty and of oppression against his finances uh, and claimed uh, the blessing of Malachi 3, uh, 8 through 11. Uh, and we did this verbally uh, and this man, uh, this man went back and I'm praying for another. And uh, the next service, he came back to me and he said, Pastor, I want to tell you this. He said, when I went out of that uh, and the next day uh, I got a bid in, which is the largest contract I have ever had. Uh, and he said, I just want to give you that testimony. Months later, he told me that that year he'd had the best financial year he had ever had. Uh, and uh, uh, that, that his, uh, that his, uh, uh, that his uh, job were over a million dollars. Not, not that he made a million, but that, that his net was that. But he had the largest year he'd ever had. Uh, 
And I believe this is because we believe the promises here. Now, this is, not a, this is not a financial gimmick. I'm not finished this morning. Don't come up to me this morning and say, I need money right now, and I want you to pray with me. I'm, I'm, I'm relating something that's real. Okay, so this uh, having been said, uh, here we have uh, something that is a power that we do not possess, uh, but is moving through us. And this is the power of God. Uh, and this power of God uh, is a glorious, miracle-working power. God hears and answers prayer. I was looking over these notes this morning. I was reminded years ago, I was asked to go into a little uh, city and down the border of uh, Arizona and Mexico called Bisbee, Arizona. And uh, as I went down there, there was a young man who had just gotten saved. But before he got saved, uh, he was involved in, a, in, a, in, in drug smuggling. And so he uh, was a pilot, and he, had, uh, uh, he was he's testing out his, uh, his uh, connections uh, uh, because they smuggled drugs into America uh, uh, wholesale. And so uh, he was just doing a test run, and he had a U-Haul trailer, rental trailer, full of drugs. He had hash oil in there. He had marijuana in there. And as he was supposed to get through the border with a connection, he got caught. And he had some prior offenses. So you know what that means? That means in the big house. He said, Pastor, would you come down and testify at my trial? This had happened, and he'd been saved some, some months, maybe three or four or five months. And would you testify in my trial that I've been saved? So I w- went down. I think we had a council member or two with it, and uh, we're testifying in this court. Now, you've got to get this picture this morning. Here's a, here's a judge. This judge is probably 75 years old. Uh, you could tell by the look on his face, there's no mercy here. <laughs> he's, waiting to, he's waiting to do a job. And, uh, you know, these criminals have, all their life, he's seen them come and go, and they got all kinds of rap. How many of you know that there's nobody in prison that's ever guilty? They've all been framed. And you can tell by looking at this guy. I mean, this is a bad scene. And uh, I testified. I, I said, uh, this young man is coming into our church. I see a radical transformation in his life. Uh, I believe that he is a candidate for rehabilitation. And, uh, and uh, I believe if you'll have mercy on this young man, that uh, God will do a work uh, for this man. And I'm, I'm looking at this judge. And uh, there's some others testified there. And uh, when this judge gave the decree or the judgment, uh, he said, young man, I don't know why I'm doing this, but these people believe in you. I'm going to put you on probation. It seemed like we're three years probation. I'm going to put you on probation, uh, and I better not see you before this court again. And I'm, I'm floored. And the reason I'm floored is I know this was not in this guy's heart when he came and sat down there. But the Bible says the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He turneth it whithersoever he will. We were praying for this young man. He went on to become a pastor. Now, this is what I'm trying to relate to this morning and challenge us in the object of faith because God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we even ask or think according to the power that works in us. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, 
Fridays and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.